Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, everyone, back to another exciting, incredible, amazing installment of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. See, Mike, look, I did the opposite. I went slow that time instead of really fast. Wow, that was way, way slower, man. Like, before you're like micro machine guy, you're like, welcome everybody to Real Film Nerds. Uh, everybody, I love you. I don't know if I said that last part. I don't love anybody and nobody loves me. Well, something like that. But that's called life. So, anyways, welcome everyone. My name is Matt. I am your host, as always. With me, as you have always already heard, Mysterious Mike Talent. Mike, how are, how are you today? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, yeah. Feeling yeah. it? Doing good. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. Yeah, so Matt, um, do you Jesus, want... nothing but fucking silence there. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt, do you want to uh, talk about the movie you're reviewing, or do you want to talk about what you're drinking right now? Mike, are you asking me what I'm drinking? Yes, I'm asking you. What are you drinking? <sighs> I am drinking my very last... Probably old, I don't know, the born on, nope, nope, I'm still good. I got like another month, months to go. It says it doesn't go crappy until March. My last Oktoberfest from uh, the winter. Oh, man. Sam Adams Oktoberfest. You know, you've got to savor it, man, because Oktoberfest from Sam Adams, that is pretty tasty. I, I do enjoy a good Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Dude, it's totally one of my favorite beers. But you know you can only get it for so long, so that's why I'm always I always drag my feet on like the last one. But you don't want to wait until it gets skunky because you can tell a difference. Well, at least I can. You can tell it's a little you know more flat and not as um, it's more tart, I guess you would say. Anyways, yeah, well, yeah. Um, it, for certain beers, man, if uh, they're under. Uh, I don't know exact percentages, but like, I think if they're under eight percent, they don't store very well. And uh, but if you have a kind of a bigger beer, a beer that has more than eight percent alcohol, it'll store much better. So you can hold on to it for many, many years and and drink it later, and it'll be just fine. Well, the Samuel Adams Oktoberfest is five point three percent alcohol per volume. Yeah, so that that won't keep for too long. Oh, and it it says it's a lager. Hmm. On on top of uh, especially if there's uh, sunlight involved and stuff, but I'm sure you don't just store it in the sunlight. Oh yeah, that's where I keep my beers. I like them nice and warm, right in the windowsill. Well, right now probably not very warm because you know it's snowing. But well, you know. I mean, is there can still be sun when it's snowing? That's true. It'll still heat up the bottle. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, what are you uh, drinking today, Mr. Got Rocks, who can afford fancy beers? Um, So I'm drinking uh, a West Coast uh, beer uh, from California. Uh, It's Ballast Point. 
And I'm drinking the Grunion Pale Ale. Not IPA, but on the way to IPA, kind of. So pale pale ales aren't as bitter as IPAs, but... Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Not an IPA. Not an IPA. All right, well... I guess that'll conclude our segment on what are you drinking tonight. So, Mike, you know what? I'm like a peacock. You gotta let me fly. Yeah, I do. Um, So, that was a quote from uh, The Other Guys, the movie that we're reviewing today. And, Matt, do you just want me to roll into it, or what do you want to do right now? No, go for it, man. Roll into it. Give us the rundown of Adam McKay's The Other Guys. All right. Uh, as uh, Matt just said, the director is uh, Adam McKay. Writers Adam McKay and uh, Chris Hinchy. It's uh, starring Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, Derek Jeter, Eva Mendez, Michael Keaton, uh, Sam L. Jackson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, you know, lot, lots of people. And, and he's not in a skyscraper this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the summary of this movie is two mismatched New York City detectives seize an opportunity to step up like the city's top cops whom they idolize. Only things don't go quite as planned. That's a pretty short and very succinct description of this movie. But uh, I really like this movie. It's It's very funny and it's smart and in a lot of the humor. I love it. Dude, they could have just like did the description in like three or four words. Another buddy cop movie. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, no, it, yeah, yeah, I'd say it is another buddy cop movie. But it, I'm man, just I, saying that cuz there's so many freaking buddy cop movies out there in this world. But I feel like this one was underrated and got rocked by the critics. And it was so funny, and I don't know why, that it got rocked by the critics. It might have been the time when it was released, you know, 2010. And it was uh, August 6th of 2010, so that was right at the end of summer blockbuster season. And there was probably a bunch of other action kind of like movies like this and they didn't really see it much as like a comedy more of an action or they wanted it to be a more hardcore comedy and it wasn't i don't know i i like this movie a lot i think it's very good i think it's hilarious i love that they recruited mark Wahlberg to be in it and i could not believe they did that i was like what the hell is he doing in a movie with will ferrell and you as we see now nine years later it has blossomed into a hell of a uh, comedic relationship between the two yeah. yeah, yeah, they they continue to do movies together. Um what was it? Uh Step uh what what is the name of the the movies? The Stepdad? Yeah, I think it's just called uh Stepdads. Stepdads and then like Stepdads 2. Oh, came, came, came oh, out. You know what? I don't think it is Stepdads cuz they had stepbrothers. Oh, I think shit. I'm wrong on that. Uh, I'm going to Here, you keep talking. I'm going to go Google Use you. You you're you gonna know. you gonna, go to the internet, Matt. Go to the internet. Off oh, to the Googles. Off Daddy's to the home too, and and I think Daddy's home. Sorry. Yeah, we that's screwed right. that up, Daddy's people. home. 
Yeah. Yep. Daddy's home. Shit. Yeah. I actually watched the uh, Daddy's Home two over the uh, Christmas break. Yeah. Was it was it okay? Was it funny? Yeah. The first one was better. It had like much like the first one. It had sections that were just outright hilarious. Um, the movie as a whole was okay. It's a you know it's a comedy and it's a feel good movie and there's like a lesson learned kind of thing. Some of the slapstickiness gets too far on some of the parts, but some of the jokes or gags are really, really good. Like there was a gag with uh, one of the kids and the thermostat and she kept changing the thermostat and like all four dads are in there and the it was just such a good joke. Like it was worth watching just for that bit. Nice, nice. Okay. Well I'll I'll check it out uh next time I see it on some kind of streaming service. Uh, yeah, I watched I, it on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay, yeah, I, I saw the first one, but I haven't seen the second one. Yeah, it was, you know, uh, it, it was, I, I liked that one joke. It was worth that one joke. I thought that was hilarious. So, anyways, back to the other guys. Mike, the other guys was awesome. Yes, no, I mean, the other guys is awesome. There's There's so much random funny humor in it that it's hard to just talk about. Without trying to give away any of the jokes or anything, but Matt, all I have to say to you is office pop. <laughs> yeah, desk pop. Yeah, that, that's one. Uh, we were discussing that earlier. Um, how uh, a lot of my female coworkers, I work with uh, a majority of females um, in the office, were all administrators at my real estate office, and they're always quoting this movie and doing things from this movie, and it's hilarious. And one of the things uh, that one of the young ladies, uh, her name is uh, Jaime, um, we have uh, Nerf guns because sometimes we have Nerf wars in my office. And uh, she she pulled out the Nerf gun and shot it up at the ceiling. And she's like, I feel better. I was like, what the hell was that? She was like, oh, it's a desk pop. I was like, are you serious? (laughs) 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 It was funny. Man, dude, that's funny. And then there was there was the apartment pop, and like I even liked. I mean, it's kind of a little thing in this movie, but like Ice T's the narrator of the movie. Yeah, well, and, and that I makes even like that. I even like that. It makes a lot of sense though because he's been on a lot of that Law and Order, you know, uh, TV show, right? I yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he's on one of them. He's a regular on one of them, so it made a lot of sense to have him as the narrator. And, and then, I like how Samuel Jackson and Dwayne the Rock Johnson are the badass uh, cops. That was a lot of fun, and how cocky they are. And you know, he destroys the Chevelle, and immediately, like the next day, has another one exactly like it. Oh yeah, no, it it was awesome just to see those guys in it because they weren't the stars, and it was still fun to just see these guys in it because they're. They're normally stars, but they weren't even the stars. They weren't even really advertised in the movie, and but then they were in the movie. They're not in it for a long time, but anyway, it was it was cool to see it. I I I, I loved it. Well, and I think that was the whole reason why they got two such high profile guys that typically do play badass cop kind of roles at times. Definitely action stars to be in this movie. 
because that's the whole point of this movie is that this is not about the badasses. It's not about the cool cops. It's not about the guys that'll, you know, cause $12 million in damage to arrest some people that have a quarter pound of weed. You know, it's about the other guys. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also loved seeing uh, Michael Keaton in this because I feel like this was his returning role to acting because he had been gone for a little while. And I feel like this is the first time I saw him in a long time. And then after that, he was in a lot more stuff and he got like Birdman and all kinds of like, and now he's, he's back to full on acting. But I, I, I do believe he took a break. Maybe he had some family stuff or I, I who knows? Maybe he wasn't inspired, but anyway, it was good to see him back. Because he was really funny in this. Well, I'm happy to see him back in a comedic role because he's done a lot of serious stuff, definitely more serious stuff as he's um, moved along in his career. Basically, as he's grown older, he's done a lot more serious roles, more action-oriented roles. You know, Batman and uh, Birdman, like you were pointing out, in the Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, that was some of the recent ones. Uh, I mean... I, I miss him as Beetlejuice. I mean, yeah. come on. Oh, dude. Uh, oh. Some of his 80s and 90s comedic, comedic roles were just incredible. I mean, Mr. Mom. God, I remember watching that so many times when I was a kid. My mom just loved that movie. She thought it was hilarious. Beetlejuice is another incredible movie. That's definitely a legacy cast for the future. And yeah. Then, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, another fun one is uh, Gung Ho. I don't know if you ever saw that one. That was a really good one with a very serious point to it but it still was a comedy so I'm trying to think if i saw that one i don't know if i've seen that one but that uh, was the one about uh a japanese car manufacturer moves into this town where they just shut down the auto manufacturer plant and the japanese car manufacturer comes in and uh brings it back to life and hires all the people that were let go when they shut down the plant and all this stuff and michael keaton is like the big time manager uh, in charge of the whole thing, and he's kind of like the liaison between the American workers and the Japanese workers that are there, and the Japanese oversight and ownership and stuff. And it's it's very it's very comedic, but very serious at the same time. It's a good blend of the two. I, I really like that movie. No, oh, okay, cool, cool. So uh, Matt, Matt wasn't uh, Michael Keaton in that that movie about uh, the priest just recently, and like. It was a it was a story that oh man movie about the priest yeah it was like uh it was like they would work for a Boston newspaper oh the and, Boston Globe yeah um the the oh see I was gonna say the Post I think it's the Post isn't it or am I getting that confused with the Tom the Hanks Post. one that's based on the Washington Post uh, they're both no. named after the newspaper. But, yeah, um, I, um, I'm not sure. Damn it, Mike! See, you're gonna make me go to the IMDb's again. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm. Spotlight. Spotlight. Yes. Damn that's it. it! Why did I think it was named after the paper? See, I got it mixed up with the post. Yeah, no, Spotlight. God, that's a really good movie. And then also the, uh, uh, it's on his IMDb page here. Also the, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but I saw it in theaters. The uh, founder. Oh, yeah, no, The Founder. I didn't see it in theaters. I think I saw it on Netflix, 
But yeah, no, Founder was really good. Maybe I did see it in the theater. Man, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, uh, I, I I saw it. I don't know where I saw it. And I really, really liked it. Oh, man. Woo. That here's, was a great movie. Here's a blast from the past uh, Multiplicity. Oh, that man. That was hilarious. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so so we we love Michael Keaton, people. We do. Uh, yeah, uh, dude, um, it doesn't look like he ever really took a break. Actually, according to his IMDb page, what it looks like is he switched to doing a voiceover kind of stuff and TV work for a while. He didn't maybe, do as many movies. Maybe that's why I thought he took a break. Like it, maybe it just I missed him. And it was wasn't until I saw him in this movie again. I was like, oh, there's Michael Keaton. Yeah. It looks, anyways, yeah, it does look like he'd slowed down is a good way to put it, but he still is in stuff. Uh, he was in Jackie Brown, and anyways, yeah. Oh, he's in actually one of my favorite newspaper uh, movies as well from uh, 94 called The the Paper. That's a really interesting, if you ever want to know what, uh, what it's like to work at a newspaper, that's a good one to watch. Much like uh, that uh, movie I did with uh, uh, The Mile High Show, Santos, recently, uh, that was uh, 30. Very similar to that, except for 30 is a much, much older film. Uh, the paper's a lot more modern. It's a lot more kind of like what I experienced. Oh, all right. All right. Cool, man. But same thing. It's like the day in the life of a, a newspaper. It's pretty interesting. Anyways, all right. Well, we can keep talking about Michael Keaton all day because uh, clearly both of us enjoy him as an actor very much. Yeah. No, I really like Michael Keaton. He's He's very, he's very good. I like him. All right, Mike. Well, you know what? I'm just going to jump in. Um, I, I guess uh, there might be spoilers for this movie. I mean, it's a nine-year-old movie. I hope people have seen it by now. I don't really, you know, I don't know if we need to warn people that we're going to spoil a nine-year-old movie, but I guess we will here coming up soon. But uh, So, Mike, how does the other guys relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? So uh, this one was very easy, and I, I took the very quick, um, uh, you know, reference. The MCU, there's Sam L. Jackson, is Nick Fury. Uh, there's also Michael Keaton, who uh, was also in the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming as... Uh, Vulture. Oh, Vulture, yeah. So, I, you know, there's... It was... It was the easy references. I didn't look very deep. I'm sure there's actually probably other references with different uh, cast and crew, but uh, when I get an easy one, I take it. So, uh, yeah. There was like at least four or five that's what she said I could have said in that last sentence. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry. I know it was hard for you to restrain. Damn it, Mike. <laughs> you can, you can, you can, she said it all you want in the next segment. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. With, with all the, the spoilers. Okay. Go ahead then. Start talking about spoilers. Like the part where Will Ferrell is banging out Ava Mendez and he keeps calling her cute, but not hot. What the hell was that? She is gorgeous. 
Uh, no, that, that, that was interesting. Um, I love that Will Ferrell's character, you find out, is Gator, the pimp. And it, uh, there, it's, it's, it's like this weird alter ego of Will Ferrell's character, and I loved it. It's, it's super funny. Um, like, especially the part where, where, it's like, Gator bitches always be wearing, or, Better oh. be wearing them jimmies. Yeah, oh, yeah, I screwed that up. Yeah, yeah, and and then um, well, because he's saying that to his wife after what? After she told him she was pregnant or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then That's so uh, terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. Terribly uh, funny. Um, I loved the uh, captain. You know, played by Michael Keaton, uh, Eugene. He, his TLC quotes, like, the waterfalls and creep and no scrubs. And, like, every time Will Ferrell's like, you know, did, did you know that you just quoted TLC again? He's like, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And it was really funny because it just keeps going and going and going. I like those kind of long jokes like that. It's, it was funny. Dude, I think one of the best lines, again, I don't have kids, luckily, and I hopefully never will, but one of the best lines is when he's explaining why he has to work at Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, because his, his, his daughter's going to no, NYU. His son. His oh, son. his son, and, and he's bisexual, right, or whatever, yeah. and he's going to NYU or whatever. Yeah. yeah, his bisexual son is going to NYU, and he hasn't made up his mind on a major... And I have to pay for him to go through school so he can find himself and end up working at, like, I, I don't remember. He said, like, a hot dog stand or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. it was just such a well-put-together cut-down. There was, like, 15 different things in there where he was just destroying his own son. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. No, you're right. But it was really funny. Um I, I I like just some of the random jokes. Like there's this there's this joke in the movie that happens once and actually kind of happens multiple times. Where Dirty Mike and the boys, which is like this homeless group of people, throw sex parties in the um, Will Ferrell's Prius. And it's like there's this point in the movie where he's like, no, no, no. You guys, you can't do it right now. He's like, but we were going to throw a sex party in the Prius. <laughs> yeah. What, God, what did they call it, too? They had a, they had a name for it. Oh, you remember no. what, after the first time they did it? Oh. It was something soup, I think. <laughs> I don't remember. It was really, really hilarious, though. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, uh, there's there's a a couple uh parts in the movie where uh Eva Mendez's mom has to come and tell Will Ferrell her like or the, the, oh her grandma her grandma has to, yeah has to come and tell Will Ferrell uh the messages like like it's kind of like you know they're across the street or whatever and she's the messenger and 
It's so dirty. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> She's like, I can't, I can't talk. This is awful. I can't do this anymore. Oh God, especially some of the stuff she was saying. It was just brutal. Like, there's so many, like, ah, this this movie is just understated and really funny. And I feel like if you haven't seen the other guys, you should watch it because it's 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 a lot of smart comedy in there it's it's a little awkward maybe in the beginning because you're like what is going on with will ferrell and and mark Wahlberg, but it gets going a, a little bit like pretty much after the office pop it's it's a it's it's or desk pop it's it, it gets going which is where will ferrell shoots his gun in in the uh in the office. Well, one thing we were going to discuss, Mike. Um, do you remember? Uh, we were talking about it before we got in here, but the end credits of the movie are uh, yeah. possibly yes. an inspiration for Kevin McKay or this movie itself. Uh, you can tell based on what crime is committed. It's a white collar crime. Um, it's a fraud and you know embezzlement and things like that. But uh, the end credits are, you know, just basically almost like a lead-in to one of his next big movies, The Big Short. Yeah, it's uh, it does lead into like because this movie is kind of investigating or it is investigating a a Ponzi scheme type character, and then he's at the end of the movie. It talks about a lot about. Bernie Madoff and all the stuff and that that happened with that and uh his his not his next movie actually his next movie after this movie was uh Anchorman 2 but the movie after that so this is uh 2015 he released uh The Big Short uh which was fantastic and that was all about the crash of of you know uh 2000 well, let's see, 2008, yeah. 7, right right around there. I, I guess it started to happen in 7, but really, really hit home in 8. Um, and you can kind of see that he was already on to that or was interested in those kind of things. Because the end credits are like amazing, like statistics of just about Ponzi schemes and how they work and talking about all this stuff. And it was like, it was very visually neat. Like they did a lot for the credits. I was like, hmm. I was like, I can kind of see this guy moving on to uh, the big short. Like, you know, I didn't realize when I watched. You know, the first time I watched the other guys, they was going to do the big short, which I really liked. Or uh, the next movie that he just did, which uh, is nominated for Best Picture, uh, Vice. And uh, Vice was good also. Uh, I, it's definitely in the style that I would say is kind of like Big Short. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to see him move on to like from these comedy I mean lots and lots of comedy movies to kind of political I mean I guess they're kind of funny sometimes in the ways 
that he does some of the things, but for the most part, they're pretty serious. Well, so it was, I got a question for you on that, Mike, and this will be a little political, a little controversial, but oh no. Adam McKay, who's done The Big Short and done Vice, and among many, many, many other films that are not documentaries, they're films like The Big Short that I guess you would call docudramas. They're based on true stories, but they're dramatized. Do you feel that having those films in the theaters, in the mainstream media, instead of being on Netflix and things like that, is doing anything? Is it making a difference is it changing people's lives? Is it getting people in trouble? Do you think it's, or do you think it's just educating the public? I guess is a good way to put it. <sighs> well, you know that's a good question, and honestly, I think no one watched uh, Vice. Uh, I know a lot of people watched The Big Short, and I do think The Big Short educated quite a few people, and a lot of people were, their eyes were opened. But they don't think a lot of people watch Vice. I really don't. I, I, you know, other than a couple people, I don't know anybody else who's watched Vice. Um, and I don't know if it's just timing or if it's that it hasn't won awards or I, I, I don't know. But I honestly, I don't think a lot of people have seen Vice. Yeah, but I'm just talking... In general, do you think it's making a difference in the world, or do you think they're just doing it to make money, or do you think, like, you know, like, what's the purpose? What's what's the goal behind these movies? To make fun of these people that are getting busted doing these horrible things, or maybe not make fun of is a good way to put it, but I don't know. Fill their Hollywood... Um, you know, political senses. I I don't know. That's why I'm asking. No. Well, well, I think Adam McKay uh, wants to draw attention to these these uh, subjects, and he does it in a comical light often. But he still wants to draw attention. He wants to educate people. He does that. I I well, that's what I think. He does. Okay, I'll agree with that. I think I think the one of the biggest points of doing that is that. You have these documentaries, you have these more serious films, they don't really see the light of day in a big, wide release such as Vice, even though Vice, I don't, I think it got a pretty good release, but as you're pointing out, not a lot of people saw it, but I bet you more people saw Vice than, say, an equivalent documentary that was done on Dick Cheney that you could probably go and find on one of the streaming services right now. And so I think... The documentaries typically are more educational. They're typically less slanted. They're still slanted in certain forms and aspects. It's hard to tell a story without putting your own bias in it. That's just part of storytelling. But I think having them in theaters like this with a all-star cast, with a big-time writer-slash-director... It brings more audience to see these films and what really happened. Again, Vice is still, that's kind of a, it's a tough one because it hasn't been that long since Dick Cheney was vice president. And a lot of this stuff happened. A lot of, if you weren't paying attention to the news or weren't paying attention to the world around you, you didn't know this stuff happened. If you were, you did know it happened. So take what you want out of that. 
But that's my thoughts. I just figured it was an interesting topic to ask. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I like Adam McKay. I, I think he's a good director. Um, like, oh, uh, I didn't even mention it. Um, in this movie, there's a part where Will Ferrell and uh, Will Ferrell's character and um, Mark Wahlberg's character go to the bar. And it's like this slow motion scene, but it's really neat the way that it's done because there's there's like a, there's a cool music like there's cool soundtrack with it, and it's basically kind of painting, uh, and it's slow motion and there's no action like. It's very slow. It's very slow movement, but it's more of a still image that they're moving through. Um, and he got that from uh, John Woo. That's something that John Woo's done in the past. But uh, I really like that scene. That's one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie because it's there's so much going on and there's so much to see in these almost completely still images. It's just it's mesmerizing. And I, I not being I a filmmaker, that was super creative, dude. I thought that was so well done. Yeah, and not being a filmmaker, I have no idea how the hell they did it either. Yeah, me neither, because it's like a slow pan, and like it keeps showing them doing different things. It's the same people, and you're like, whoa, what the hell? Like, they, they were just over on the right there. Yeah. Like, as soon as they get out of the, the scene on the, the right-hand side, they're, they're back in it on the left. Like, it, it was neat. It was, I don't know exactly what they did, but I thought that scene was really cool. Like, it's a, it's a fun scene. It's, a, it's only like a couple minutes. But man, it was good. Yeah, and it's really funny. And you know, it's a lot it's a interesting metaphor for uh those nights that you are out drinking and you drank too much, you know, and everything's just kind of a blur. And that's kind of a good realization of it. It's a good visualization of it, I guess. Yeah, no, I thought that was so well done. Uh so I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Yeah, I totally forgot I, to talk about that too, because I love that scene. Because I, I feel like we're about to get to the ratings part, and I just wanted to talk about that real quick. But Well, of course Matt, we are. Our, our clock is ticking, Michael. We're at 34 minutes, 35 minutes, something like that. Yeah, so, so Matt, what do you rate the other guys? Well, as you can tell, I like this movie a lot. Um, I think you and I literally haven't given any insight to this film, maybe a little bit towards the end. We just pretty much talked about what our favorite parts were. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, I've found out that our podcast is clearly not for everybody. It's for three or four people. So, but I give the other guys four out of five reels. I definitely love this movie. I wish... Adam McKay would get back to his roots a little bit and do smart comedic movies like this again with or without Will Ferrell. I would just like to see some more of these vice big short stuff like that is fantastic, but this is what made Adam McKay the director slash writer he is today. And so I hope he doesn't lose sight of that because some of these com comedies are, I just love them. Uh, I love Talladega nights. I love this. I love, I mean, God, anyways, all right, Mike, your turn. How many reels do you give it? All right, man. This is this is a rare one here. Oh, um, no. Half a reel? I, 
No, no, I'm 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 going above you. I'm going four and a half reels. You are drunk, aren't you? No, no, I'm not drunk. You sure? Yeah, because you never give higher ratings than me. No, I'm giving a I'm I'm giving it a higher rating. I like it. Well, all right, Mike. I guess we'll be done for the night. Let our listeners go. But before <laughs> right. we do that, yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell them about you know talk about the Poindexter Awards? Yeah, or what? I started a poll on the old Facebooks. It's on our Facebook page. Click on it; it'll take you to another site. It's the only way I could do it for where it didn't charge me money to do a poll, which I don't understand. But whatever. Well, you know, Facebook's all about making money, man. Do you well, see but, their their quarter results? They they did well. But it wasn't even a Facebook poll. Like the only option for a Facebook poll, like from Facebook proper, has two options. There's a lot more movies than that. And I was trying to figure out how to do more options, and they're like, no, it it doesn't exist yet. So that kind of sucks. So, anyways, I did a poll from an outside Facebook app thing. It'll ask you for access to your email address or something, whatever. I haven't gotten any spam. Maybe I did. I don't know. I don't care. But I didn't have to pay for a poll. So go in there, vote for your favorite movie of the year. You can see the results, all five votes we've gotten so far. Um, Right now, since it is public knowledge, Bohemian Rhapsody is leading by one vote, I guess. So, so far, Bohemian Rhapsody is cleaning house. So if you want your voice heard, go on there and vote on the old uh, Facebooks. Now, next week, Mike and I promised we were only going to do one podcast for the Poindexter Awards because it's going to be long. Well, that was before we realized a movie that both of us kind of want to see is coming out this weekend. And we're both probably going to go see it. I'll probably go see it tomorrow night. Or if not, I might go see it when I'm in uh, Phoenix this weekend shooting the old Rattlers. That's uh, Taken in a Blizzard, um, a.k.a. Cold Pursuit, starring Mr. Yeah. Liam Neeson. Ah, uh, Yeah, I love Liam Neeson Taken movies. There's a bit He's of a so controversy surrounding this because he said some things that were totally not related to the movie whatsoever, but because they were racially charged, he is now getting a lot of flack because this movie's coming out. So there's yeah, that. But- Apparently this is from a while back. Like I don't I don't know, man. Like I feel like it's like um the uh, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy guy got fired for stuff he said like 10 years ago. Yeah, he, he was did. Trying trying to be uh funny and uh, I don't know, man. I feel like this is uh, another one of those. Like this is from Liam Neeson like Ten years ago, or eight years ago, or something else. I don't know. I don't know, but it's it's this PC culture we live in today, Mike. You gotta watch what you say around anyone. So, anyways, so people are kind of boycotting this film, kind of boycotting his role that's coming up in a couple other movies. They're saying to digitally remove him and stuff. I don't remember what movie they were saying to do that to. But Men in Black, dude. That's the right. New the Men new Men in, in Black. Black. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah. But uh, I'm still going to go watch this movie because everybody makes mistakes. So I don't care. I want to see this movie. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it as well. And uh, we will review it. And 
Yeah. Yeah. We're going to put that out on Tuesday. And then uh, Thursday, Valentine's Day, when you're sitting there uh, getting intimate with your loved one, uh, you can have our podcast going on in the background. And you can hear about all the wonderful awards that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, it will be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited about it, Matt. Uh, I just finished up uh, a couple more of my categories, so I look forward to speaking all about them. Yeah, yeah. And I think what the episode will probably be is you and I just talking about it and why we think they're what they are, and I'm not taking notes on anything, and we're just going to do it. It'll be fun. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, I guess that's it, Mike. Uh, do your thing. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you on our next pot. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. Uh. Do you already drink a beer? No. <laughs> like, 96% of a beer. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been waiting just, to crack I've been waiting to crack mine. So, you ready? It's just so good when it touches your lips. Yeah. It tastes so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs>